this clock doesn't work properly. It goes to random seconds and then it turns off at different times. Yeah. <laughs> it's the worst oh, clock God. ever. It's also pink. It's red. No. <laughs> red hey, everybody. Pink Guess one? what? It's time for Live Long and Podcast. It's Woo! time for Star Trek Radio Theater. It is Saturday night in uh, Live Long and Podcast. And here we go. We're going to be doing original series this week. We're, this is like our 22nd episode or something. I want to apologize in advance. I'm going to be doing the role of Scotty tonight. I've been really trying all week to do a Scottish accent. I don't think it's going to be very good. But I am of Scottish descent, so it's kind of okay, I think. So just disappointed. Jeff's, Jeff's here in the studio. So anyway, we're going to get going. We're going to introduce the cast era. But this episode is called Who Mourns for Adonais? And this is an episode from the second season of Star, of Star Trek, the original season, written by Gilbert Ralston. Uh, this edit, and there's some uh, there's some edits in here from the uh, from our script editors Kevin and Ashley Millard. I'll introduce the cast after, but uh, I hope you enjoy the show. We focus on the bridge. Carolyn hands a device to Kirk. McCoy and Scotty look on. Here's a report on Pollux Five, Captain. The entire system has been almost the same. A strange lack of intelligent life on the planets, it bugs the percentages. Bugs the... Well, carry out the standard procedures on Pollux 4. Aye, sir. Lieutenant, you look a little bit tired this morning. Well, I was up all night working on this report, sir. Well, in that case, there's nothing like a wee bit of coffee to get you back in shape. Join me, Carolyn. All right, Scotty. Just let me give this to Mr. Spock. Kirk watches with amusement. Scotty watches Caroline, looking lovesick. Bones, could you get that excited over a cup of coffee? Even from here, I can't tell if his pulse rides up. Jay, to me. Come along, my dear. I'm not sure I like that, Jim. Why, Bones? Scotty's a good, good man. And he thinks he's the right man for her. But I'm not sure she thinks he's the right man. On the other hand, she's a woman. <laughs> All woman. One day, she'll find the right man and go off, she'll go. Out of the service. I like to think of it not so much losing an officer, and I never lost the election, as gaining. Come along. Scotty and Carolyn enter the turbo lift. Actually, I'm losing, and I never lost the election. An officer. Entering standard orbit around Pollux 4, sir. Cartographic de detail, standby. Standing by, sir. Preliminary reports, Mr. Spock. Pollux 4, Class M type planet, oxygen and nitrogen atmosphere. Sensors indicate no life forms. Approximate age, 4 billion years. Judged, no reason for contact. In all respects, quite ordinary, Captain. Cartographical sections. Implement standard pre-orders. All cartographic standards, full automatic. Captain? What in the name of? On the view screen, where there was originally an image of a nice blue and white planet, there is now a... Hand? Analysis, Mr. Spock. Momentarily. Am I seeing things? Not unless I am too. Captain, that thing's a giant hand! What is it, Mr. Spock? Is it a hand? Are mine bigger than it? Mine are bigger than it, right? Negative, Captain. <laughs> Not living tissue. A trick then? A projection? Not a projection, sir. A field of energy. The hand is getting bigger on the view screen and is moving toward the Enterprise. Hard about. Hard about. We can't seem to get away from it. It's almost as if it means to grab us. Reverse all engines. All engines reverse. Everyone is thrown around as the ship is grabbed by the hand and stopped in its tracks. We're dead still. Captain, helm doesn't answer. We can't move. Fade out. 
Space Force, the final frontier. These are the Voyager with the Starship Enterprise. It's a five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no man but people. Faden, we focus on the Enterprise, stalled in space. The giant energy hand is holding on to the saucer section. Captain's log, stardate 3468.1. See, I can count. While approaching Pollux 4, a planet in the Beta Gamma system, the Enterprise has been stopped in space by an unknown force of some kind. We focus on the bridge. Lieutenant, relay our position and circumstances to Starbase 12 immediately. Aye, aye, sir. Mr. Sulu, try rocking the ship full impulse power forward and back. Aye, aye, sir. Damage report coming in, Captain. Situation under control. Minor damage. Station 3, 7, and 19. Sick bay report. Five minor injuries. All being treated. Thank you, Mr. Sulu. Applying thrust, sir. No results. Captain, we're stuck tight. Mr. Spock, status? The ship is almost completely encircled by the field. It resembles a, con- a conventional force field, but on unusual wavelengths. Despite its appearance, that of a human appendage, it is definitely not living tissue. It is energy. Thank you, Mr. Sulu. Our forward tractor beams adjust to repel. Aye, aye, sir. Standing by. Activate. Ineffective. Captain, there doesn't seem to be anything to push against. Captain, a most curious development on scanner 5-7. Let's all take a look at it, Mr. Spock. Screen on, Captain. As they watch the view screen, a face appears in space. A male human head wearing a laurel wreath. Activity on hailing channel 3, sir. Put it on audio, Lieutenant. The giant floating head begins to speak. The eons have like passed, and what has been written has come about. You are most welcome, my beloved children. Your places await you. Response frequencies, Lieutenant. Calculated. Channel open, sir. You have left your planes and valleys and made this bold venture, so it was in the beginning. You have made me proud. Now you can rest. She kind of sounds like Ivanka. This is Captain James T. Kirk, commanding the USS Enterprise. Please identify yourself. We shall, like, remember together. We shall drink the sacramental wine, maybe a PSL. There shall be the music of the pipes. The long wait has ended. Are you responsible for stopping the ship? Like, yes, I caused the wind to withdraw from your sails. Give it back, then we'll talk. It has been 5,000 years. Have you learned no patience in that time? I don't know who or what you are, but I must warn you. We have the power to defend ourselves. If you value your safety, release the ship. (sighs) You have the same fire. How like your fathers you are. Agamemnon, Hector, Odysseus. Ugh. Never mind the history lesson. Release the ship. Uh, You will obey me, lest I close my hand fast. We see the Enterprise in space again. The energy hand now squeezing down. External pressure building up, Captain. And who who ordered GSC and and climbing? Compensate. What tools the GSC and climbing? The crew now begins to feel the effects of the pressure. Uhura lets out a whimper. <laughs> be cool, be critical, Captain. We cannot handle it. All right. Whatever you're doing, turn it off. You win. But I still want the election. Pressure is gold, Captain. Base normal or the whole. 
So that was your first lesson. Remember it, Captain Kirk. I invite you and your officers to join me, but do not bring that one. The one with the pointed ears. He is much like Pan and Pan always bored me. No sad faces. This is a time to rejoice, not to fear. You are turning home. Let our hearts prepare to sing. Oh my God. Don't worry, I'm tough on immigrants. <clears throat> Let's go, Bones. You in good voice? You sure it's wise, Jim? If we don't accept his invitation, We'll have a crushed eggshell where this ship used to be. Verbose, isn't he? Insulted, Spock? Insults are effective only where emotion is present. Good. We'll tackle him together. We already know the questions. You're the best man to find the answers. We focus on a temple. Kirk, Scott, Chekhov, McCoy, and Carolyn beam down into a lightly wooded area in front of a Greek temple. Trib coders? What am I doing down here, Doctor? Well, you're the A and the A officer, aren't you? Archaeology, anthropology, ancient civilizations. Correct. We're going to need help in all those areas. Come on. There is a man sitting on a stone throne, a liar by his feet. It is the flesh and blood version of the floating head, now with a body. His body is also hairless, but he's probably not naturally hairless. <laughs> his toga is somewhat short, and I don't think he's wearing underwear either. OMG, my children, long have I waited for this moment. The memories you bring of your lush and beautiful earth, the green fields, the blue skies, the simple shepherds and their flocks. You know of earth? Have you been to Mar-a-Lago? Once I stretched out my hand and earth trembled and I breathed upon it and like spring returned. <laughs> you mentioned Agamibu, Hector, Odysseosos. How do you know about them? Search your most distant memories, those of the thousands of years past. And I am there. Your fathers knew me and your father's fathers. I'm Apollo. <laughs> team looks skeptical. And I am czar of all the Russias. Ah. Mr. Chekhov. I am sorry, Captain. I have never met a god before. And you haven't yet. Readings, Doctor. Simple humanoid, Captain. Evidently not so simple. Earth, mother of the most beautiful of women in the universe. Like, oh my god, that at least has not changed. I am so pleased. Yes, my children. Zeus, Athena, Aphrodite, Artemis, my squad, a gallant band of travelers. We knew your Earth well 5,000 of your years ago. All right. We're here at your invitation. Would you mind telling us what you want without all the Olympical generalities? Uh, so you will not be leaving this place. Transporter room. Uh, your transportation dice no longer functions. Kirk pulls out his communicator. Enterprise, come in. I will not permit that device to work either, Captain. What is it you want? Um, so you will worship me, as your fathers did before you. If you want to play God and call yourself Apollo, that's your business. But you're no God to us, mister. I said you would worship me. And you've got a lot to learn. And so have you. Fine, whatever. Let the lesson begin. Apollo suddenly grows in size, becoming as tall as his temple. He's huge. Like, welcome to Olympus, Captain Kirk. <laughs> We focus on the bridge. The Enterprise is still held by the hand. Spock is in the captain's chair. The bridge crew is busy working away. Mr. Spock, I can't contact the landing party. All frequencies are jammed. Try to break through it, Lieutenant. Aye, sir. Transporter and communications? Very efficient. Mr. Sulu, rig all transmission circuits for maximum power generation. Compute for a reversal of polarity of the field around the ship. Working, sir. Lieutenant Kyle, I want a complete sensor scan of the planet. 
Aye, sir. Locate all the life forms. I want to know what's going on down there. We focus on the temple. The giant Apollo suddenly looks weary and vanishes. To coin a phrase, fascinating. Analysis, Lieutenant Palmolive. What do you know about that big, beautiful Apollo? Apollo, twin brother of Artemis, son of the god Zeus and Leto. A mortal, he was the god of light and purity. He was skilled in the bow and the lyre. Kirk gestures to the temple. And this thing, can I put my name on it? Obviously, he has some knowledge of Earth. His classical references and the appearance of all this. I think the appearance of this... Is for our benefit, Bones. I can't say much till I check uh, out these readings. He looks human, but of course, that doesn't mean a thing. Whatever he is, he seems to control a remarkable technology. Who is what he controls? You cannot do tricks like that with altered energy. (laughs) Fine. But what power? And where is it? Scout around with your tree coders. Find the source of that power, Bones. Scott, Chekhov, and Carolyn wander off. Yes, Bones, I wonder if 5,000 years ago... You got a theory? I have an idea. A big, beautiful idea. What? what? Is really Apollo? What? Captain? <laughs> <laughs> Apollo is back on his throne. (laughs) So I want from you that which is rightfully mine, just like your loyalty, your tribute, and your worship. May I ask what you offer in exchange for this worship? Like life in paradise, duh. As simple and as pleasurable as it was those thousands of years ago on that beautiful planet so far away. Apollo, we're willing to talk, but you'll find we don't bow to every creature who happens to have a bag of tricks. <sighs> Agamemnon was one such as you and Hercules. Pride and arrogance. They defied me until they felt my wrath. I would like to point <laughs> that we are quite capable of wrath ourselves. I have uh, how many people? Oh, oh, <clears throat> 430 people on that ship up there. Um, like you do not, Captain, because they are mine. To save, to cherish, or to destroy at my will. But why? What you've said so far makes no sense at all. Ooh, like how like Aphrodite and Athena, the beauty, grace, and you seem wise for a woman. What is your name? Lieutenant Palamas. Oh, I mean like your actual name. Carolyn. Carolyn, yeah, so beautiful. You would do Aphrodite credit. Like, I will tell you a thousand tales, stories of courage and love. You'll know what it is to be a goddess. Scotty is jealous and irritated. Leave her alone! Um, you protest? Uh, risk much? And so do you! Scotty draws his fa- his phaser, but he doesn't have it. <laughs> Apollo blasts it out of his hand with a point of his finger. Chekhov points his phaser at Apollo, but discovers it doesn't work. Scotty. Kirk rushes over to Scotty and then bends down and picks up a crushed and twisted piece of metal that used to be Scotty's phaser. Very impressive. How'd you do it? I've grown weary of discussion and argument. Captain, the phasers, all the working parts, they are fused. Yeah, none of your little toys will function. Ah, uh, yes, you are a beauty, but like Artemis, the bow arm should be bare. Makeover! <laughs> he waves his hand and her clothes turn into ancient Greek-style draperies, barely covering her important bits, her hair piled very tall. Oh, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm, right? Come. He takes her hand and begins to lead her away. She's not good with you. Scott gets thrown over a table with a flick of the wrist. Kirk is getting angry. He shall, like, learn the discipline of the temple. So shall you all. Come! 
It's all right, Captain. I'll go. Without fear. So fat. They both vanish as they walk away. Bones, how is he? Stunned, but coming around. I'm not sure it's wise to let her go off like that. He would have been rather difficult to stop. You saw how capricious he is. Benevolent (laughs) one minute, angry the next. One more wrong move from her and he could go kill her. Mr. Chekhov, I think you'd better continue your investigation. Aye, aye, sir. Chekhov leaves. How do you feel, Scotty? I'm telling all over. Where did he take her with him? It would seem so. Kevin, we got to stoop him. He wants her the way he looks at her. Mr. Scott, I understand your concern over her. But she volunteered to go with him. Hopefully to find out more about him. She's doing her job. I think it's about time you started doing yours. We've got to find out the source of the power. You've got a tree coder. Use it if you're able to. I'm able, sir. And one more thing. I want no more unauthorized action against Apollo or whatever he is. That's an order. Aye, aye, sir. Besides, you stiff-necked thistlehead, you could have gotten yourself killed. Aye. Despite the fact that Scotty was just unconscious and likely has a concussion, he heads off on his own. That's some good doctoring, McCoy. Scotty doesn't believe in gods. Apollo's no god, but he could have been taken for one, though once, say, 5,000 years ago. A highly sophisticated group of Space Force travelers landed on Earth about the Metuterranean. Yes, you're talking about ancient aliens on History Channel. To the simple (laughs) shepherds and tribesmen of early Greece, creatures like that would have been gods. Especially if they had the power to alter their form at will and command great, powerful energy. And in fact... They couldn't have been taken for anything else. We focus on the bridge. Ready to reverse polarity, Mr. Sulu? Computed and standing by to generate, sir. Activate all units. The ship jolts several times, but... No good, Mr. Spock. We didn't even phase it. We're still locked tight! Cut power, Mr. Sulu. Lieutenant, we must restore communications with the landing party. I'm working, sir, but I can't do anything with this. Oh? I might be able to rig up a substance bypass circuit. Good. Do so. Sensor report, Mr. Kyle. I've located the landing party, but one of them seems separated from the other four. And Apollo? I just picked up readings for our own people, sir. Mr. Spock, here's something. There seems to be a radiated energy pulsation coming from the planet. I don't know what it is, sir. Origin? I can't seem to pinpoint it. I would suggest, Mr. Sulu, if you cannot find out where the poorer source is, you should find out where it is not. A simple process of elimination. The whole planet, sir? Spock looks at Sulu like he's just asked the dumbest question in the universe, but doesn't need to say anything. Yes, sir. The whole planet. (laughs) We focus on a lush garden beside a pond. There is a marble bench by a tranquil water scene. Oh, it's lovely. I've known, like, other women, like Daphne, Cassandra, but no more beautiful than you. Are you frightened of me? Like, be honest. Frightened? No. I don't think so. Of course, a girl doesn't go walking around with a... A god? (laughs) 
All right, uh, a god every day. What happened to the others? Artemis, Hera? They like return to their cosmos on the wings of the wind. You mean they died? Oh, like, no, not as you understand it. We're immortal, we gods. But, like, the earth changed, your fathers changed, they turned away until we were, like, only memories, and a god cannot survive as a memory. We need, like, love, admiration, followers, worship, as you need food. You really think you're a god? In a real sense, we were gods. We had, like, the power of life and death. We could have, like, struck out from the Olympus and destroyed. But we have no wish to destroy, so we came home, and it was, like, an empty place without worshippers. But we had no strength to leave, so we waited, all of us, through the long years. But you said the others didn't die? Yeah, like, even for a god, there's a point of no return. Hera was first. She, like, stood in front of the temple and, like, spread herself upon the wind, like, thinner and thinner, like, there was, like, nothing left, until only the wind remained. But I knew you would come. You striving, bickering, foolishly brave humans, like, oh my god, I knew you would come to the stars one day. Of all the gods I knew, and I waited, and I waited for you to come and sit by my side. I don't understand. Even 5,000 years ago, the gods took mortals to them to love, to care for. Like, Zeus took Leto, my mom. Like, we were gods of passion, of love. They kiss. We focus on the temple. Kirk, McCoy, Scotty, and Chekhov are all back together. Chekhov is debriefing the landing party on his findings. There is a repeated occurrence of registrations, a regular pulsating pattern of radiated energy. Unquestionably, an immensely powerful field of energy is being generated around here somewhere. We're just having difficulty focusing on it. Apollo has no difficulty focusing. He taps that energy, Mr. Scott. And like something else. So, some creatures can generate and control energy with no harm to themselves. The electric eel on Earth, the dry worm on Antos 4, and the fluffy... Not the whole it's encyclopedia, Chekhov. Uh, Captain requires complete information. Sparks contaminating this boy, Jim. Are you suggesting that he, Apollo... Taps a flow of energy and channels it through his body. That would certainly seem so, and most likely so. Mr. Chekhov, I think you've earned your pay for the week. But where is the source of that power? Number one on our list of things to do. Is that all you have to offer? Yes, except my estimation for his physical condition. In spite of Apollo's bag of tricks... He comes up essentially normal with just a few variations. However, there's an extra organ in his chest that I can't even make a guess about. Bones, is that possible? Jim! Apollo walks back in out of thin air. Where's Lieutenant Pontry? Um, she's like no longer any concern to you. You bloodthirsty surrogation! You Scott picks up a statuette and rushes at Apollo. He gets another finger blast of electricity for his effort. Kirk, McCoy, and Chekhov rush to his side. Scotty! Ooh. Not good. Severe shock. All right, mister. You want to worship us? You got enemies. You want us to bow down? You'll have to. Kirk clutches his throat and falls to the ground, choking. Like, oh my god, you will learn discipline. You will learn. He stops mid-sentence, suddenly becomes tired, and vanishes once again. Check off, damn it. Give me a hand. They pick up Kirk from the ground and lead him over to a bench. <coughs> oh, this what Melania does to me. Take care, Scotty. McCoy heads over to check on Scotty. Are you all right, Captain? Where's Apollo? He disappeared again, like the cat in that Russian story. Don't you mean the English story? The Cheshire Cat? Cheshire. No, sir. 
Minks, perhaps, but... All right, all right, all right. Sir, there is something I noticed. Apollo looked very strange when he disappeared. Tired or in pain. I don't know if it means anything. Very good, Mr. Chekhov. That might very well mean something. Scotty is beginning to come around. Kirk heads over to him. How do you feel? I cannot get my arm to move. Some neural damage. We've got to get out of here. How? Well, let's assume that 5,000 years ago, creatures like our friend Apollo did indeed visit Earth and formed a basis of the Greek classic myths. Makes sense. Go on. Most mythology has its basis in fact. If I remember my ancient legends, the gods are expending energy required rest, even as we humans. And Apollo's gone after attacking you and Mr. Scott. You think maybe he's all somewhere recharging his energy cells? Something like that. Remember, he's keeping a force field on the ship, and he's expending energy down there. You said he looked pain and tired when he disappeared. If we can wear him out, overwork him. That might do it. The trouble with overworking him is that it can get us killed. If we can provoke him so that he strikes one of us again, there's a chance that he'll be drained enough so the rest of us can jump him. I still say it can get us killed. Not all of us, Bones. When he comes back, it's a chance we'll have to take. We focus on the bridge. Uhura is underneath the communication station, doing some soldering. Progress report. I'm connecting the bypass circuit now, sir. It should take another half hour. Speed is essential, Lieutenant. Mr. Spock, I haven't done anything like this in years. If it isn't done just right, I could blow the entire communication system. It's very delicate work, sir. I can think of no one better equipped to handle it, Miss Uhura. Please proceed. Yes, sir. Right away. <clears throat> Progress, Mr. Sulu. Sectors 1 through 25 charted and examined. No chance at all of power or originating in those areas. Continue the search. Aye, sir. 14B by 6 index. Mr. Kyle. You. We're unable to break completely loose from this force field, but we might be able to punch some holes through it. What for, sir? To shoot through. It might also relieve Lieutenant Uhura's communications <coughs> problem. Take these equations to the nuclear electronics lab. I want them to work on the problem of negating the force field in selected areas. That might be done by generating a strong pinpoint charge of M-rays on some of these selected wavelengths and tying them in with the combined output of our engines. Right away, sir. We focus on the temple. Apollo reappears on his throne. Carolyn is standing by his side. Like, oh my freaking god, come here. I know you're trying to escape me, but it's useless. I know everything you do. I tried to be compassionate towards your kind. <sighs> you know nothing about our kind. You know only our remote ancestors who trembled before your tricks. Your trench don't frighten us. They're a hoax. Neither do you. We've come a long way in 5,000 years. Um, whatever. You're still the same nature. I could sweep you out of existence with a wave of my hand and bring you back again. I can give life or death. What else does mankind demand of its gods? Mankind has no needs for gods. We find the one quite adequate. We shall not debate, mortal. I offer you eternal rest and happiness according to the ancient ways. I ask little in return, but what I ask for, I insist upon. Approach me. The four men turn their backs on Apollo. This displeases him. I said, approach me. Jesus. We're busy. Look after that girl. You will gather laurel leaves. Light the ancient fires. Kill a deer. Make your sacrifices to me. Bring me a frickin' latte. Apollo has spoken. 
go. The men begin to mock and ridicule Apollo. Gather laurel leaves. You must be joking. Kill a deer? That's the funniest thing I ever heard. <laughs> Captain. Lieutenant, get back. You shall like reap the rewards of your insolence. We're tired of your phony fireworks. Like, OMG, mortal, you have earned us. No, don't. Carolyn rushes to stand in front of Kirk. Lieutenant. A father doesn't destroy his children. You said you were gentle and understanding. Lieutenant. How can they worship you if you hurt them? Lieutenant. Apollo, please. You know so much of love. Please don't hurt them. Please. Apollo is won over by Carolyn's seductive look. She walks back up to his throne and takes his hand. <sighs> Fine, whatever. I will shall be lenient for you, for her sake. You will make plans to bring the rest of your people down. Be sure your artisans bring tools. You will need, like, homes or something. And you will supply the herds of sheep. And the pipes will play. And the simple skins will wear for clothes. Meanwhile, Mexico will pay for everything else. You will dismantle your ship for the supplies you need, and I'll crush its empty hull. I have been too patient. I shall be patient no longer, like I can't even right now. He disappears with Carolyn still holding his hand. Captain, we've got to get something. We were doing something until our brave lady stepped in and saved us. Any more good ideas, Jim? Yes, I have. One more, and it depends on the lieutenant's loyalty. If she fails us, we'd better get used to hurting goats. We focus on the water's edge. Apollo is pacing, angry. <sighs> Fools, like for real. I offer them more than they could know. Not just a world, but all that makes it up. Man thinks he's like progressed, but they're wrong. He's like merely forgotten those things which gave life meaning. You'll all be provided for, cared for, happy. There's like an order of things in this universe. Your species has denied it. I come to restore it. And like for you, because you have the sensitivity to understand, I offer you more than your wildest dreams you have ever imagined. You'll become the mother of a new race of gods. Like you'll inspire the universe. All men will revere you almost as a god yourself. And I shall love you for time without end, worlds without end. You like she'll complete me and I you. She embraces him happily and they kiss again. We focus on the temple. Kirk is playing with his communicator, trying to get it to work. Kirk to Enterprise, come in. Enterprise, come in. Kirk to Enterprise, come in. Kirk to. Carolyn appears. Carolyn! What happened to her? Scotty, I'll find out. Perhaps if I assisted. How old are you? 22, sir. Then I'd better handle it. Kirk walks over to Carolyn. You all right? Oh, yes, I'm all right. I have a message for you. Come over here. They walk over to a quiet area, just the two of them. Well? He wants us to live in peace. He wants to provide for us. He'll give us everything we ever wanted. And he can do it, too. All right, Lieutenant. You can come down from Mount Olympias now. You've got work to do. I don't understand. He thrives on love, worship, attention. Yes. We can't give him that worship. None of us can. Especially you. What? Spurn him. Reject him. You must. You're special to him. Yes. I love him. Lieutenant. All our lives. Here and on the ship. Depend on you. No. Not me. On you, Lieutenant. Reject him. We have a chance to save ourselves. Accept him. And you condemn all of us to slavery. Nothing less. Than slavery. We might never get help this far out. Or perhaps the thought of spending an eternity bending the knee and tending sheep appeals to you. Oh, 
But you don't understand. He's kind and he wants the best for us. And he's so lonely. What you ask would break his heart. How can I? Give me your hand. Would you smaller than mine? Your hand. She does. Now feel that. Human flesh against human flesh. We're the same. I know. We share the same history, the same heritage, the same lives. We're tied together beyond any untying man or women or TV or camera. It makes no difference. We're human. We couldn't escape from each other, even if we wanted to. That's how you do it, Lieutenant, by remembering who and what you are. A bit of flesh and blood afloat in a universe without end. The only thing that's truly yours is the rest of humanity. That's where our duty lies. Do you understand me? Yes. Yes, I understand. He's calling me. Lieutenant, you have your orders and your duty. Yes, sir. My orders and my duty. She walks away slowly, looking back. We focus on the bridge. I think we can try it now, sir. Enterprise to Captain Kirk. Enterprise to Captain Kirk. Come in, Captain. We focus on the temple. Kirk here. Spock here, Captain. The rest of the men gather to listen. We've pinpointed a power source on the planet's surface, which seems to have something to do with the force field. Is there a structure of some sort near you? There is indeed, Mr. Spock. The power emanates from there. Very good. How are you doing on the force field? We can negate sections of it, creating openings through which we can fire our phaser banks. Well, that ought to do it. Have Solo lock all phaser banks onto the structure. Fire in my order only. Cut it fine. We'll be standing nearby. Captain, I would recommend a discreet distance. I'd love to oblige you, Mr. Spock. But we're not all together. Besides, we have Apollo to deal with. If that structure is the source of this power, I want to know where he is when we attack it. Kirk out. Bones, do you think that mysterious organ in Apollo's chest could have something to do with the transmission of energy? Well, it doesn't serve any other purpose that I know of. Kevin, we've got to wait to Carolyn come back before we fire all the temple. We do not know what will happen She might be killed. Yes, I know. I know, Scotty. We'll wait. We focus on the water's edge. There's some very passionate kissing going on. I must say, Apollo, the way you ape human behavior is remarkable. But there are some other things I must know. Your evolutionary patterns and your social development. Excuse you, my what? I'm sure they're unique. I've never encountered a specimen like you before. Like, bitch, I'm Apollo. I've chosen you. I'm sure that's very flattering, but I must get on with my work now. Your work? I'm a scientist. My particular specialty <laughs> is ancient civilizations, relics, and myths. Surely you know I've only been studying you. Um, uh-uh, no way. I do not believe it. You love me. Love you? <laughs> Be logical. I'm not some simple shepherdess you can awe. Why, I could no more love you than I could love a new species of bacteria. Carolyn begins to leave. OMG, Carolyn, I forbid you to go. Like, I order you to stay. Is that the secret of your power over women? The thunderbolts you throw? She walks away, and a strong wind begins to blow. Thunder rumbles. <laughs> we focus on the te temple. What the devil is that? Kirk's communicator activates. 
Gekia. Spock, Captain. Sensors are picking up an atmospheric disturbance in your area. Stand by with your phasers, Mr. Spock. Prepare to fire on my signal. Kirk out. Captain, we've got to get her. Go and find her. We got to be here when he comes back. But what happened if he does it? What happened if he... Scotty! Just hold on. Carolyn falls to the ground in the strong winds, and a giant image of Apollo looms over her amid the lightning flashes. Captain! All right, the temple is his power source. Let's bring him back to it. Get to cover. Mr. Spock, fire those phases. Captain, you're too close. Fire those phases, or you're fired. As an order, Mr. Spock. The away team runs and ducks behind a grouping of rocks. We focus on the bridge. All phaser banks, fire! We focus on the temple. The white marble starts to glow pink under the phaser fire, and Apollo runs back. OMG, no, like, stop! Stop, I say! We focus on the bridge. The Enterprise shudders under his anger. There is no longer a hand holding the ship. All phaser banks, maintain firing rate. More power to the shields. We focus on the temple. For real, like, stop! Carolyn stumbles into view and Scotty dashes to her. Scotty! Scotty grabs Carolyn and they duck behind a large rock as the phaser continues to fire on the temple. Like, oh my god, guys, I said, like, stop! I command it! We focus on the bridge. All banks maintain firing rate. Maintaining, sir. We focus on the temple. Stop! Stop it! Stop it! Stop it! His lightning bolts end, and the temple dissolves into rubble. Scott helps Carolyn to her feet as Apollo walks around, surveying the ruins. Apollo is devastated, tears in his eyes. I would have, like, cherished you, you know? Like, cared for you? I'd have, like, loved you as, like, a father loves his children. Did I ask so much? We've grown up. We've outgrown you. You asked for something? We can no love and give. Carolyn... I, like, loved you. I would have made you, like, a goddess. I've shown you my open heart. See what you've done to me. Apollo grows, once again becoming a giant. He looks up to the sky. Zeus, Hermes, Hera, Aphrodite, you were, like, so right. Athena, you were right. The time has passed. There's, like, no room for gods. Forgive me, my old friends. Take me, take me. And he disappears one last time. Bye. Carolyn, <laughs> Carolyn begins to cry in Scotty's arms, <laughs> oblivious to how Scotty must be feeling after watching the woman he had coffee with mere hours ago fall for another man. <laughs> <laughs> McCoy and Kirk observe the ruins of Apollo's structure. Well, I wish we didn't have to do this. So do I. They gave us so much. The Greek civil lawsuit. Much of our culture and philosophy came from a worship of those things and beings. In a way, they began the golden age. Would have that hurt us? I wonder. Just to have gathered a few lower leaves. The Enterprise departs the planet. Trump 2024. <laughs> this is a very poor, episode. A very poor full episode. <laughs> <laughs> Dave was uh, 
I was not music professional. He was uh, uh, the mayor of Giggle Town <laughs> for the entire podcast. <laughs> Guy Fieri has the t- uh, the golden ticket to Flavor Town, but Dave Bader, Giggle Town. <laughs> I'm sorry, I I couldn't help myself. I got like uh, I, I was trying to do the Scottish accent, and I tried to like phonetically write out my lines, but it was not working. <laughs> I know. Thing, you no, think? It, no, it wasn't. <laughs> no, it was not. <laughs> it was... I think, but I think that you should be Scotty from now on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was hard to keep together. Good thing I only had like 10 lines as him or whatever it was. Flesh and blood. <laughs> oh, that, that was like, we didn't get off the air. Whoa, that was something. Whoa. That was something. <laughs> oh there was a delay at one point okay by the way uh love jessica's uh uh valley girl god Uh, great that was great 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 for the and the donald trump uh kirk worked really uh very yeah and uh good mispronunciations the greek civilization (laughs) that was my favorite part was the end greek civilization gave us so much culture philosophy columns (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh there was so many great things um i really okay cinnamon banana okay (laughs) okay (laughs) i'm gonna take this over (laughs) dave's having a problem I think we all know who played who, right? Yeah. 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 We do. Yeah. We saw the poster. Yeah, the poster. <laughs> We're all here. Uh, so that's it for the episode this week. We're gonna sign <laughs> off now. Check out the rest of Live Long and Podcasts things Tuesday night. We've got Deep Space Nine rewatches. We're on whatever the next episode is on Tuesday. Um, yeah. Wednesday is the original series rewatch. Deep Space Nine. I can't believe I you're said doing Deep Space all of Nine. Uh, Wednesday is the original series. I said Deep Space Nine at nine-ish. Thursday nine night nine. Discovery. Check out the disco. Michael's on that one. <laughs> Next weekend, we're coming at you with an episode of Next Gen. Bye. Oh, thank you.